Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center, a show about Star Wars, pop culture, and the ultimate adventure, life itself. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Jennifer Landa. 
And this particular episode of Force Center is questions of the everything. Uh, We don't always have to say it like Palpatine, but hey, it's fun. Uh, This is our show where we take some questions from our patrons on Patreon. We have thrown the gates wide and said we would love to talk about Star Wars. Uh, We're still catching up from the old strikes. Uh, We'd love to talk about any other pop culture that you want to talk about. And hey, if you just want to talk about life, books, movies, uh, philosophy, whatever, uh, bring it to us. We love talking about all sorts of different things and we like uh, being able to kind of place Star Wars not in a vacuum but Star Wars as it relates to everything else in the world too so that's what we're doing here on questions of everything uh but first we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player who knows what else? Maybe you have a microwave that will read you a book. I don't know. Uh, anyway, the recommendation this week is Bloodline by Claudia Gray. We had a great time on our Deep Dive Star Wars show talking about the New Republic. And Bloodline's a really great look at the waning days of the New Republic. You can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Ken, we also have an ask. We do have an ask. We are uh, promoting our Patreon page right now, Patreon dot com slash four center uh, things have changed over there a little bit uh and uh for the better we think but we're trying to put an emphasis on our paid supporters we're trying to reach 400 we're very close in the 380 range if you uh, help us hit that goal and at any monetary amount uh you can sign up at any level we will be unveiling uh four center comment i was gonna say the return of commentaries we've done two mm-hmm. commentaries in the past last jedi and phantom menace they're up on our youtube channel if you dig in deep into that uh playlist there uh but we're gonna do uh new ones and maybe it could include revisiting those movies we do have the 25th anniversary of phantom menace but that will be decided by you if we reach that goal uh patreon supporters will help us choose the movie that we're gonna do a commentary track uh, for patron supporters and also be available to the public in a special way. Stay tuned for that information. But it all <laughs> begins if you help us reach 400 paid supporters on patreon.com slash four center. Excellent ask. Uh, just uh, very well delivered. Uh, like a, a commercial on a cable channel. I feel like I want to buy whatever. Yeah, Lightning, mm-hmm. uh, Ozempic, whatever. Li- li- <laughs> whatever <yeah>. weird thing. <laughs> uh, it only came to mind because I heard a lot of commercials for Ozempic. Uh, controversial <laughs> topic we're not discussing today. Instead, we're uh, discussing these great questions. We've got one uh, from Elias. We're starting with a Star Wars question. Uh, and I want to be very clear that when we put out calls for questions on Patreon, we ask people to let us know their opinion. Is there a reason that they're asking? Um, Elias has asked his uh, uh, question in such a way as to make <laughs> their opinion very, very clear, uh, which we welcome. Uh, so here's here's what Elias has to say. I have a question about the Jedi Order. Do you think there will be a series or movie in which they get called out on their destructive method of mining the galaxy for gifted children and breaking up families to recruit and advance their ranks? I would like to see some pushback on their taking toddlers with abilities away from their family and their community. Jedi who want to take on a Padawan should have to relocate to the planet where the gifted child lives and train them close to their home so they can maintain and even celebrate their connections to family and community. Maybe I'm imagining something other than Jedi, but I would like to see evolution and thought by the new generations. Maybe Rey could do it. She seems capable of discerning between the danger of obsessive attachment 
in the vital importance of human connections. Uh, there is a lot there to discuss, as well as just getting to the straightforward question that uh, Elias starts with about uh, storytelling uh, with the Jedi dealing with this. But Jennifer, I want to start with you. Um, because you are the person among us who has actual children, um, <laughs> <laughs> not just stuffed animals and <laughs> plays I sometimes refer to as my child. Um, <laughs> how how have you wrestled over the years for yourself with the Jedi tale of them uh, uh, asking parents uh, if they would like them to take the child and train them? Uh, has that been a difficult story for you to wrestle with as a parent over the years? It never occurred to me until I became a parent and I watched The Phantom Menace and I went, oh, wait a minute. This is this is what's been going on. This like It was like an awakening that I had. Um, I was like, God bless me that she could give up her child. But the thing about that story is that it was it was for his good. Right. Not mm. obviously we know the, the good of the galaxy, but also like his life. Mm. She wanted to give him a better life. Now, can we assume that – no, we know that not all Jedi children have come from that type of a situation. So if I think of it like that, like, oh, they're giving them a better life. But if if some of these kids are have good relationships with their parents and, you know, have like a strong community, uh, a healthy life, a healthy community, right? And then you take them away from that, that seems horrible. So I was trying to think of it in my mind about like Harry Potter – there, you have all different types of talented, magical children, right? Gifted children who come from all different backgrounds. Um, and it and it works because they still have that tie to their family. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Harry's mm -hmm. one of the people that stays behind because he can't go home during the holidays with his family. So other families take him in. So there can be a place for that, but it does get a little weird, which I think that it should be explored in a movie or a series. Mm. Yeah, great. Oh, I, I can't wait to discuss more how you how you'd like to see that and what you uh, want to be wrestled with. Uh, Ken, what's your big picture with the the Jedi uh, philosophy and practice of uh, offering to take children <laughs> yeah, right. at a at a young age? I think that's one of the key words. Is is uh, it is phrased as as a choice and a question uh, of the families. And I want to also shout out Elias is uh, very active in our, our community, and this is a great question. So uh, nothing should be taken as a as a debate or how dare you suggest mm -hmm. this last. But I, I think there's some questions. This is also an in story conversation that I like because mm -hmm. I think outside the story it's just told I've always taken it and even as the story is advanced and people ask these questions this is, this is something that pops up every now and then uh, even in my real life I have a friend who debates this with me all the time uh, it's it's just it's it's a ramped up the, the, the morality tale about choices and destiny and fate and good and light and I think this is one way to ramp that up to really Mm. ratchet that uh, that up but in 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 terms of the story yeah there is a lot of this stuff and i think people do question this and i think you you could point it out and i like where he ends up as we'll we'll dive more deeper into this question about ray and actually jen your your thought of a, a school year is is not a not a bad idea um but i um i i think it's misunderstood i i, I don't think <clears throat> they go around uh, kidnapping children palpatine does i think there's a greater <laughs> cause and i you go to harry potter i'll i'll, I'll go to men in black i'll go to men in sure. black where tommy lee jones and and i know there was comics and stuff before but i'm going to the 1996 movie tommy lee jones will smith you, you got to disconnect from everybody but don't you want to be part of the bigger picture don't you want to be part of the bigger cause yesterday 
You thought we're the only ones here on Earth. Now you know there's an entire galaxy and you're part of something bigger and we need you. But it requires the sacrifice. Uh, there's not a lot of real world examples uh, that, uh, that couldn't be picked apart. I, I go to like, uh, you know, Cold War era Russian gymnasts being uh, ripped out of their homes at three <laughs> to train to be in the Olympics. It's not a great example. That's one of the only real world ones I can think of. Um so I'll start there where I, I, I defend the Jedi a little bit on this. I think there's more choice. Uh, I also think it's dangerous uh, to uh, it's, it's a fine line. And if you send the kid home for the summer, they don't come back. Uh, you know, mm. then, then you, what are you going to do with your Jedi ranks? But again, look at Luke and, and Grogu. I think that's going to be part of our conversation. Mm-hmm. Definitely more to analyze, but I'll start there. If that makes any sense. I sound like I'm trying to be political on both sides of this fight. <laughs> But no, I think you're being uh, I just, uh, nuanced yeah. and thoughtful. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I don't think they're kidnapping and, kids. I don't think they're going around scouring, going yoink. Thank you. I think they're asking. I, I to me, that is the starting place of the discussion. Is because I think there's a lot that's interesting to discuss it about the morality of it, about how much is this a heightened fantasy versus mm-hmm. how much is this a a, a how would we feel about this in the real world yeah. <laughs> if something like it existed of, you know, an order you believed in came around and said, I can give this, this kid his great life. And you as a parent have to make the decision. There's a ton to discuss about it, but I always want to start at this at the point. Um, Elias is, is uh, asking important questions and, mm-hmm. and offering uh, uh, his opinion. And I got no problem with that. And I'm not saying this about Elias. I'm saying this about other conversations I've had where people just start with their kidnappers. They kidnap children. And sometimes I feel like people mean that as a heightened joke of like it amounts yes. kidnapping. Yes. And then I think I'm talking to sometimes some people like you haven't watched the Phantom Menace in 25 years, have you? They don't actually <laughs> yeah. kidnap children. Right. Yeah. They, they go to parents and say your your child is force sensitive. Mm-hmm. Would you like us to raise we, we are offering to raise them in the Jedi Temple? We think they've been called by the force and uh, parents can say no. I mean, yeah. Yeah. so. Uh, that to me is this story and there's plenty to debate within that but i i, I get frustrated when the the conversation is about kidnapping because mm-hmm. i don't think that's the story and i think the interesting things are to discuss are after we all, all agree they're not kidnapping they're presenting parents with a choice and that is morally fascinating and questionable <laughs> enough by itself without calling the jedi kidnappers mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah. Right. Was that was that political or was that a little too hot? I, I get defensive about no. the Jedi. No, I think because I think it's accurate. I, I I won't bring them into, but I've had a real world discussion ongoing with a, with a friend for a while where it's just like, dude, that that's not what they did. They didn't kidnap. There's a choice, and also, hey, in our in our lives, there's sometimes you have to do some sacrifices for the, for your greater goals or or, or destinies, right? Uh, you you want to be, you know, I I did a comedy show at Christmas, you know, great for those who went to the show, that was a fun holiday. That was I, I left. I was gone. I was on the road because I wanted to. There's the mm. dedication question that sometimes I think I have with some of the conversations. Yes. And I, I, I feel strongly about that. That's my, uh, not, uh, mm. you know, Men in Black or Harry Potter, but uh, the, the celebrities I've, I've read about in life who, <laughs> who put their career above everything. Uh, we'll get back to that in a minute. I, I think um, one thing I want to be sure to say at the beginning of our conversation is um, like a lot of things in Star Wars, there. It, there is storytelling in uh, books and comics if you want to dig deeper. I don't think yeah, there yeah. is like 
one story in modern canon that I'm aware of that is like, you know, a Jedi's choice or, you know, the parent of a force sensitive choice that really that that the sole point of the story is to deal with this. Um, but there's some great stuff in um, the High Republic in particular uh, with different characters wrestling with this. There's a great thread uh, uh, with, if my memory is serving me correctly, the uh, character of Ernestra Rowe. Mm-hmm. who is uh, becomes a uh, full Jedi Knight at 16. Mm. She's like a wonderkind. Mm-hmm. And she has some she has some reflection about how things were easier for her on, it came to her easier. But also one of the things that she reflects on is that her culture, the Marilyn culture, want, they, they uh, think highly of the Jedi. They think highly of being force sensitive. Mm-hmm. And it's a celebration when the Jedi come. And her, so she, she has like mm. the utmost support from her culture and from her family that she didn't get to know. Mm. Whereas other other cultures, it might be a little bit uh, more yeah. of a conflict, and it might be something that a, that a Jedi has to wrestle with, wondering why did my parents agree to this? You know, why did my culture agree to this? And she thinks of it as this boon that yeah. her culture she's knows she's totally supported, and if ever she goes back, will be celebrated as one of the ones who who got this wonderful honor. Um, so there's that in High Republic. I think it's in the recent uh, Battle Scars book where Cal Kestis is kind of wrestling with. I didn't get to choose. Mm. My parents chose. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, for older uh, storytelling, uh, there's a great Obi-Wan and Anakin comic by Charles Soule where Anakin really considers walking away. I think oh, that's yeah, an important yeah, yeah. part of the discussion too. There's the there's the that's you know all one, of yeah. the moral questions, all the attachment questions of should a parent be making this choice for an infant. But it's also the Jedi it, it, throughout their training are like, you're not a captive. If this isn't for you, leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if Anakin said at 13, I'm done, nobody's going to stop him um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From, from walking away. So I think that's the other thing for me of like, there are there are little bits and pieces of this story. Even in Kenobi, I, the television show Kenobi, I really liked hearing the philosophy that Kenobi sorts of, sort of sees it as... Um, I, I did have to leave my family of birth and I have foggy memories of them, but then I got this new family in the Jedi are family. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think a perspective on it. Um, so not one full story like Elias is asking for, but lots of bits and pieces spread throughout, I think in storytelling. Uh, Ken, how do you feel about some of the bits and pieces that you've maybe read in the publishing side wrestling with this? Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you brought up that young uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan series. That was a long time ago, huh? <laughs> It's mm-hmm. like 2015 or so. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I think they, they wrestle with enough, and, and I'm okay. By the way, I'm okay with if there's more stories where this is directly um, called out. I think that's part of mm-hmm. Elias' question. I, I, I think it would be interesting to see the Jedi Order wrestle with it, answer it. And, and maybe they're, uh, I'm not opposed to some sort of changes. Without a doubt, Ray has some thoughts on connection and community and being alone versus being uh, – part of something bigger and part of a found family. So she's obviously going to have that in there. Um, but I'm trying to think, I'm, I was trying to run through some examples. Um, uh, like you said, and I don't remember a lot of the high Republic ones. It's been a bit, um, so mm-hmm. I have to dive in, but yeah. Um, more is okay. Pressing the, pressing them on it is a little bit fun. It's yeah. fine for me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is Elias, uh, brings up in the question, you know, some of this is about attachment. I think it's the Jedi belief that training needs to happen when you're early because the older the student is, the harder it mm-hmm. is to get them to unlearn everything they have learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a Jedi belief and it, it is better if there's younger, it's a, there's a responsibility to this power and people who have this power should, should be taught how to use it. There's all that. But then there's also the 
attachment issue. And Ken, you kind of brought this up and I want to dive deeper into Mm it. To me, the um, removing them from the family is uh, about starting them young. It is, I think, about that, the fear of um, if you have a family you do anything for is that a, a temptation to abuse your power. But the thing that I don't think uh, as Star Wars fans we talk about as much, there's also the it's a commitment. I think that's a part yeah. of the the logic, too, of like it is like being asked to be <laughs> for two wildly different examples, a priest or an entertainer, uh, a job that you <laughs> are, whether you admit it or not, you are going to give your whole self to. Yeah. And is that fair to a family of birth or more importantly, a family of choice? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And. I'm such a fan of of uh, earlier 20th century, mid 20th century entertainers. And you read about some of those people's life and like, how did they accomplish all this? How did Dean Martin have eight children and play Vegas every night? Well, because <laughs> he prioritized one over the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm yeah. sorry to bring Dean Martin into discussions of Jedi. <laughs> he's, but he's a Jedi. He's, Jennifer, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are, are on that. Of There are some careers, even in our real life, where... We, we try to have it all. We say we can have it all. But sometimes uh, we just give ourselves entirely to the career first over mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. How, how much, how do you, how do you wrestle with that in terms of the, the Jedi's desire to be like, it's, it's not even like, I can't have a, a spouse because I'll go crazy and kill somebody. It's like, I will never be home because they'll call me to do things. And I'll say, Oh, sorry. Did you want me to be there when our child was born? I got the, planet to save. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty terrible actually. (laughs) Like, I mean, you, I, there have been interviews with directors and some actors that I really admire and their kids are not impressed because that movie reminds them of the year that their dad or their mom was gone, Mm -hmm. missed out on their things in their life. So I don't know. I was actually listening to a discussion about child influencers and how mm. these parents, and if you think about child actors as well, kids say that they want to be the darndest things when they're kids, right? <laughs> they do say that. I want to be a mermaid. I want to be an astronaut, right? Giving them the power to choose that at such a young age is not a good idea because they don't know, right? And like <laughs> they don't have they they don't have the the uh, what is it prefrontal cortex? It's not developed yet for them to make the, an informed decision. So then I think about the Jedi parents, the parents of these four sensitive children making this decision for their kids. Why would they do that? The only thing as a parent I can think about is that if you had this kid who is force sensitive, who has all these extraordinary abilities, how are you going to parent that child? Mm -hmm. How are you going to have the skills to guide them in the right direction and have them not fall prey to you know, the whoever, right? Whether it's the first order Knights of Ren, whatever you want to say, right? Mm -hmm. I can't do that as a parent. I will give the Jedi my child because I believe they're going to steer my child in the right direction. That's Mm -hmm. how I I wrestle that in my parent, in my parent brain. I I don't know. I got off on a tangent. No, no, no. I think it's, I think it's really important. I think it's really important. And, you know, I can only imagine actually being a parent, but I, I, there's a part of me that feels like, I really defend this story point in Star Wars. I, I think it's tied up in interesting philosophy and morality. And there's also a part of me that I would, I would tell Mace Windu, you know, where to shove his purple lightsaber if he came for my baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right, I right, exactly, right. I, so I understand that instinct, but then it is also like, if I knew I could not provide what the child needed, 
if the child would be confused by their powers, if the child would, would be a danger to themselves, uh, if a child would be ostracized or manipulated right. because of those powers. And I knew nothing about it, and I did not know how to help that child. Mm. Parents, correct me if I'm wrong, Jennifer, have to make decisions for their children. Maybe yes. not decisions like this that are the entire fate of their life. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I think about it from that point. And then I really think about it, you know, I, I have had times where I think I have, as an adult, prioritized career over everything else. Mm-hmm. And that to me is fascinating about the Jedi, especially like by the time like, hey, you're you're 13, you're, you could walk away now. You could go, wow, my parents made a bad choice and this ain't for me. Or you could say, yep, I'm going to do this. I'm going to believe in this philosophy where if anybody asks for help, I drop everything. Is it fair to me to have a partner that, you know, a part of my vow is, and by the way, you'll always come second. Right. And you know that about me from the beginning. That's a really interesting question to me. Ken, how do you feel about that one, about the the balance of, uh, uh, you know, a Jedi is basically just somebody who says, my career always comes first because it's not a career. It's a, it's a philosophy. Well, we're getting real world real fast, aren't we? It's, it's yep. as it should because this is what Star Wars does, and I think this is the feeling. It, it, it's all mileage may vary. It, it's it's the 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 Seinfeld story from the comedian doc of looking into the window as the Glenn Miller Orchestra goes through the snow to get to a show on Christmas night, and they see a family having Christmas dinner uh, with fires and happiness and warmth, and 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 one of the band members says, "Ugh, who could live like that?" That's me. Uh, I, I I'm not close with family. I I I'd rather you know uh, always prioritize career, um, not have children now by by choice. So it's like. Um, that I'd be okay with this, right? If this is what I wanted, if I had these powers and this is what I wanted to do, other people wouldn't, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I feel it, you know, if you're Anakin at 13 going, this doesn't feel right, then I think he has the right to say, I, I want to bow out, right? I, 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 I'm I okay with that. Um, so, and I'll, you know, there's, there's a lot of those, we don't know every situation here in the galaxy. Maybe it was a good idea to pull some of them from their families. Maybe it wasn't in other situations. That's uh, the delicious complications of this th- situation. But mm-hmm. if you're asking me, I think I, I am all about to a fault maybe. And maybe that's the problem. It's a fault. But I am all about, nah, work first because that's what's more fulfilling to me than family. And that's not the case for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's a fascinating conversation by itself too. If you could have sort of a, a, a Jedi Jedi in relationships, if they're like, by the way, you know, I'm gonna bounce <laughs> the second they need me. <laughs> kind of bounce, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- this is not going to be. Should I take that work call or should we go to the park like we talked about? Like, yeah. I'm uh, the you know, I, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and it, it is a story of lots of uh, successful artists that they have found balance. But you, a lot of docs you watch of like, yep, it, hey, <laughs> open on open. Almost any book, and you'll see that, like, thanks to my spouse for letting me disappear for six months to write mm-hmm. this book, you know? It is, uh, it's, I think, close to my my artsy heart. Um, so, uh, Elias is also asking, really, about the the future. We, we have a, on the horizon, maybe we're going to see Ray handle these things differently. Um, the age at which people begin to train, uh, maybe revising the rules of attachment. Uh, Jen, what are your hopes for or thoughts for a new Jedi Order of how Ray might handle not just the the uh, starting children young, but the whole question of is attachment forbidden the way it was in the uh, old Jedi era? That makes it so complicated because if you do have attachment, your vision 
and judgment might be clouded, right? Mm -hmm. Is why a lot of times athletes have to go and live somewhere else away from their family while they are training and doing their, I was going to say, doing their sports, (laughs) having their games, whatever it is. Yeah, accurate, accurate. (laughs) Right? So, I mean, because, or why artists and or writers have to like literally shut themselves off from the world. It is a, I mean, seen, especially as a mother, it feels like such a selfish thing to do but because i mean and this is where i've watched whiplash recently and also anatomy Mm. of a fall where they both question like what what does it take to make to be a great artist right how 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 do you how much do you have to sacrifice of your personal life in order to achieve greatness so the same thing can be said for the jedi what do they have to give up to be able to be present to be available to make to put their life on the line for the cause if they know that they have a family. Yeah. And then, and then that goes, I think to that conversation in attack the clones that I think we kind of, uh, between Anakin and Padme on the refugee ship that we sort of, uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it's viewed as Anakin trying to rules lawyer around the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, right, 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 you know, right. so from a certain point of view, you know, attachment and love, that's what we're all about. And I, I think that he's <laughs> expressing the true Jedi philosophy of like it isn't about being cold and distant it's just like the entire galaxy is our family and we care about everyone and right. and and you know it is it's a it's a selflessness for to be there for everyone and maybe we can't be there for that one person because we're we're trying to be there for everyone mm-hmm. i think that's the actual jedi philosophy which is really fascinating in that particular instance it, it is anakin a little bit going like so actually <laughs> good day <laughs> and, uh, but yeah imagine being the partner of somebody like that Oh, oh, uh, my poor husband. Whereas, like, that's really freaking hard. That's mm-hmm. really hard because you feel like you're like everyone else comes first, you know? Yeah. Um, so that could be played out actually in this new Ray movie now that I think about it. Yeah. 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 It certainly plays out in my life where there, there are times where like the best thing for me is I can, I can create something I really believe in if I disconnect from the entire world for a week. Right. Um, and that is, yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get to Artist Center. Uh, Ken, wh- <laughs> what are your hopes or thoughts for uh, the new Jedi Order, how Ray sets it up, how much yeah. maybe that film is dealing with the question Elias is asking? I, I, I think I think it could go that way from a, a certain point of view. I, I think it, it, it's, it makes a lot of sense. that we And we've talked about this before, about both Luke, I think, questioning some things as he, you have the chance to rebuild something. Let's get it right, right? Let, let, let's look at the mistakes of the past. Uh, Ray's got the books. She might have, uh, you know, see what it actually uh, meant or or go to the text and, and, and again, go into the connection angle. Um, and, and there's something valuable about taking old institutions and, and finding new ways to them. And every generation has a different approach to it. I think there's, I'm okay as an older generation person. Is that a phrase? Uh, what, what are we, we're like number two on the depth chart of generations uh, of who are ready to go. Where I, I have a certain view of of quote younger people and not their work ethic, but their approach to it. I saw Jodie Foster quote recently this last week. I went, she ain't wrong, but. <laughs> This is also there in the driver's seat and what are they invested in? And what's changed is what you get back from what you put in is what needs to be questioned now. You know, mm. I had this conversation mm. with, with my dad. Like, ah, wow. no one wants to work. Now, that's the narrative. A lot of people want to work, but they're discovering that there's uh, what they're getting back from it isn't what it used to be. 
And and maybe that was some some of what was at play late in the Jedi Order, late stage Jedi Orderism. Uh, we'll talk that uh, about. And so Ray has a chance to go. All right, if I'm going to ask this sacrifice from you, not it's not as it's not like what what have we done for you lately? But it's got to be some. You, you've got to want this, and, and 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 I can't expect a Jedi Padawan in a New Order is going to want it in the same way they did in the High Republic era. Because the situation mm-hmm. around it has changed. So how do we find the best way forward uh, is how I, I'd be interested. Now, is that scintillating dialogue <laughs> for a film? <laughs> Maybe not. But the themes behind it could easily be uh, that, I think. Mm. If it is a film about um, other people not wanting the Jedi to rise, this is a way to attack them and make it personal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. How, mm. do, you, how do you recruit? Are you a warmongering recruiting machine? Yeah, uh, like like they can be criticized of being. Um, it would be fascinating for me. Oh, go ahead, Ken. Well, and, then, and 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 I know we don't know Finn or John Boyega's involvement in the new film, but I hope mm-hmm. that character mm-hmm. goes on, and I hope Boyega's there because I think he's valuable to Star Wars. But he would certainly, he might be like Elias is saying here, like, and I'm not saying Elias is saying kidnapping. I'm double checking the question there, but like Finn yeah. might be like, hey, um, I don't like just taking kids <laughs> and putting them into service. I have an issue with that. That, uh, that happened to me a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, can we find yeah. a different way or can we emphasize the choice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see, yeah, I could see a couple of things. I could see a, uh, and I think it's a little bit what uh, Elias is, is advocating for of mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. like a two-step system where, um, Hey, you are, are you on Lothal and your, your kid is, uh, uh throwing rocks with his mind. <laughs> uh, we're going to send a Jedi envoy and with your permission, the Jedi envoy will, will help you with that child. Mm-hmm. And then when the child is of whatever age your society deems uh, it, it is time for a child to make a decision, then they can decide if they'll join the Jedi order. Mm-hmm. Like if they had the numbers to basically be like, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. you know, partner with your community and help mm-hmm. guide this child until they are of age to make a decision. I think, I think I like that, that would be, an, that would be interesting a uh, way to, to handle it. Um, I think there's going to be, there could be that question of, is it really hard, you know, for, if Ray's going around the galaxy and she finds a 48 year old, like, I've kind of always felt the force, like, is it harder to train? <laughs> right. <laughs> the 48 year old is fascinating. Uh, and then for me, like, uh, it, the, Elias brings it up. It's the, one of the things I'm most excited about Ray's story. I, I, I think the sequel trilogy is a beautiful tale of the need for individual choice and the need for community. And it's so Ray's. Mm-hmm. strength that mm-hmm. she is strong she is a fighter but what she wants and needs is community mm-hmm. and to hear a voice hear all the jedi and to hear alone never have you been mm-hmm. still you know moves me deeply so she's got to have an opinion as elias is saying about mm-hmm. community I, it would be interesting to me if she's like i'm my this new jedi order is going to be more relaxed about attachment or she could really come at, from it from the point of view of like Kenobi is advocating for in the Kenobi TV series of the Jedi are community. Mm. We're inviting you in yeah. to not, not to have to be disconnected from community and family, but to choose this community. And that's another thing that you get in the, in the publishing side, all the tales of the ki- Jedi kids uh, uh, being raised together and having right. community with one another. That's the society they live in. So I could also see Ray saying, I'm asking you to make a choice to join this family, this community of, of Jedi. 
I really yeah, I like sorry, it. I'm thinking, yeah, I, I really like there's something to there. Yeah, there's something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just have a horrible vision of, of Ray and Finn sitting there going, hey, it's just us now. <laughs> Everyone left. We gave them the choice and they left. But yeah, they should have just, it. They're putting up flyers on galactic telephone poles going, <laughs> do, uh, do you have feelings? Do you have weird feelings? Yeah, but they, but they should be. Yeah, yeah, they should. I, yeah. yeah, I wasn't forced to go into comedy, you know? Yeah. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Um, one other question uh, for you both, uh, pulling out of Elias's question, because Elias's is central question is asking about um, a movie or TV show really putting the this practice uh, under the microscope in analyzing is, is the morality of it. I think there's a possibility that Acolyte is going to wrestle with these issues since it's mm-hmm. set during the right. end of the High Republic, the beginning of the the fall of the Republic, the beginning of the fall of the Jedi. Uh, we know from descriptions and from the trailer that we were lucky to see at Star Wars Celebration and others might have seen in uh, creative ways on the internet hmm. um, that one of the one of the central characters is somebody who questions the Jedi and have le- has left. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ken, how much do you think the Acolyte could be oh. – a place where this this uh, practice of the Jedi is is questioned and examined. I think that's a that's a great point. Uh, I think you have a perfect time to do it because it is late stage Jedi orderism, right? It is <laughs> it is something that um, uh, Leslie Headland has said. You know, we're leading to what we know of in the Phantom Menace. We're trying to see uh, how did we get? To, how did they fall? Uh, and, and 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 that's in- interesting. And then it because it's. Um, I don't have the words right in front of me, but like a, a dark side focus s- story. Like what, mm-hmm. what does that person or those characters believe about the Jedi order to put them in that direction? Uh, what is truth? What is, Hey, good food for thought. And what is an absolute manipulation of it uh, that, that would lead you down to the dark side and, and why there, there is no gray in, in this, in this world, in this galaxy. Uh, I think it's a perfect place. And I actually kind of expect a little bit of that also maybe a little bit in skeleton crew. If Jude Law's force sensitive and one of the kids is like, I'd like to do that. And he's like, really? Do you let me, let's, mm. let's, let's run through what that means. <laughs> Let's right. talk about it. Yeah, I would love it if the acolyte has uh, it, it, basically, it, it, you know, with character, plot, motivation, some of the discussions that we've been having. If there's a character who is like, uh, I resent that my parents mm-hmm. made that choice and I never would have made it. And mm-hmm. I resent the way this is set up and have a character like, uh, well, Vernestra Rowe is actually in. Yeah. in. in yeah. yeah. Having, having a character either like her or her uh, have the other perspective of like, it was wonderful for me. It isn't right or wrong. It's it's different. Uh, for it works differently for different people and it is to be debated, but it'd be great to have that debate. You know, uh, people feel very strongly about it as Elias' question uh, demonstrates. Jennifer, are you, do you have any hopes that the acolyte will wrestle with these issues? I think it's definitely going to be very critical. Like you're saying, Ken, very, very, uh, because it is more dark side focused. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I just think that they're going to not negative portrayal, but I don't think they're going to be favorable of it, of that, of that tactic. So, but then I think of the Ray movie as a way to kind of like course correct. And like, we know that this is what happened in the past. We're going to go forward and do things that are different, Mm -hmm. a more holistic approach Mm -hmm. to approaching uh, becoming a Jedi. But yeah, I've, and this is why I'm like, I need to read The High Republic because this, mm. this sounds so good. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's something. One it's, of our listeners actually shared with us a, a great way to like jump in, and, and I got to find that. I think I bookmarked it. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I, I'm excited for the Acolyte to, um, I think it's going to beat up on the, on the old Jedi a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will definitely be uh, some characters who, who have a Jedi 
uh, justice for the Jedi point of view, uh, I think uh, that the new Jedi Order looks to me like it is going to really cast them as heroes. I, I think if you ever do want to experience that and you haven't read High Republic, don't even want to read all of it. Just re- just you can just read Light of the Jedi, the first main novel. So it, and it really begins with this is the Jedi when they're working right. This is the Jedi when they're focused and they're truly there to help the galaxy. And these are the heroes that then make mistakes. But mm-hmm. sometimes Star Wars storytelling has moved on from the showing them as heroes to let's just focus on the mistakes. Yeah. And I think that we could use a, a few more stories like Light of the Jedi that focuses on them. This is this is the baseline. They're heroes. Yeah. And now here's all the ways that they can make mistakes and crumble and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I want to point out as a counter uh, balanced all this, uh, thanks to expanded modern stories, uh, storytelling in Star Wars. We know that Darth Maul, Maul, was upset that he wasn't picked for the team and it fostered a sense of revenge, anger uh, and, and, and darkness inside of him. So, you know, if he had just been forced into the Jedi order like he wanted he, he, might, be okay. he might be okay yeah he got he got picked as a as a baby for his dodgeball team and mm. that was it that was it. Mm-hmm. that was it where were the Jedi for him great question uh, Elias uh, much respect uh, to your perspective on it and yep. thank you for giving us such a great uh, question to look at from lots and lots of different ways excited for future storytelling with that if you are listening to us on the old audio we're gonna take a quick break if you're watching us on YouTube uh, we're just gonna pause awkwardly for half a second and continue back in a moment if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. Uh, we are having a lot of fun here on Questions of the Everything. We had a great deep dive Star Wars question, and now we are going to take a fun question about the world, and I'm sure we can spin it into Star Wars as well. This comes to us from Jared Kozal. Uh, Jared says, what are some of your favorite words to say, read, or just appreciate, and why do you love them? For clarity, I'm not referring to words you find yourself using, perhaps too frequently in conversation, though you can cite those if you wish but words you just like. I tried to answer this question for myself, and I concluded that my favorite word in and of itself was incisive, uh, which various dictionaries define as intelligently analytical and clear thinking or impressively direct and decisive. I initially thought I loved it primarily because that definition appealed to me, having a scientific background while also appreciating smart storytelling. I thought it represented an ideal of both, an ideal I strive for, as I can ramble a bit when I write, despite being more measured in real-life conversation. But on reviewing other words I had ranked high on my list, elucidate, uh, perspicacious, uh, uh, perspicacious, incandescent, and halcyon, I noted a pattern of sharp C's and S's among them, which made me question if I was attempting to be overly incisive when I actually just liked that particular sound. Funnily enough, another favorite word of mine is asinine, which means extremely stupid or foolish. Paired with incisive, those two words are nearly antonyms, uh, but they both sound like they're cutting the air itself which makes them feel particularly definitive in my mind. Almost the light side and the dark side of that particular coin, if you will. Had to tie it into Star Wars somehow, says Jared. So based on their deeper meaning or just vibes, what are your favorite words and why? Note, I focused on English words here, but if you're so inclined, uh, feel free to acclaim uh, words from other languages if you choose. This is a great and fascinating and I think incisive question, Jared. Thank you very much. Uh, Jennifer, where do you start with this? Are, are, do you, with, when you saw this question, were you like, of course, here are my five words, or did you have to think about it? I was so excited because I love language. I love words. I love mm. lamp. And the reason why is because <laughs> like words are just like, you can choose one word that, in, that encapsulates so much, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I used to build like my, my vocabulary lists when I was younger because I wanted, if especially like even now, like if I'm reading something and I'm like, oh, I don't know that word. And I would put a bunch of sticky notes around my home when I was a kid, like just to mm. be like, oh, I want to incorporate this 
into my into my uh my vernacular and like when i remember like i don't curse really so when i heard luke saying blast i went oh i'm gonna use that and to this day i will still say blast or <laughs> frack from a Balsar Galactica, right? Yeah. And that's why I love. St- okay, I'm gonna stop. I'll, I'll come back. No, 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 back. no. It, we'll this back. is great. I love. I love to see the passion. Uh, Ken, are you at the same place of a a passion for words? No, uh, this is an interesting conversation. <laughs> uh, first of all, Jared, this is this is just a beautiful essay on words here, and I love it. Yeah. I. Uh, in high school was uh, very well read, was ahead of my class for years, was on a higher level of track learning or whatever to get to four-year universities. Um, then I moved to LA and I got a job in, 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 in the public safety industry. And, and, and uh, there's a lot I can say about it and a lot of ha- I have said here. I had a friend of mine who was a CalArts graduate, uh, uh, worked on a lot of things in the last few years in animation and we were roommates at the time. And we had a conversation about 2002 where like he turned to me one day and he goes, hey, can I ask you something? Because uh, you've been working there since 98, right? Four years. He goes, uh, do you feel stupider? <laughs> and I went, yeah, yeah. I don't know words anymore. I don't know. I don't read a lot. I, I, you know, I still love reading, but I I just, I, I moved away from where I was in high school. And this sounds, I know this may sounds like a weird answer to Jared's question. Um, yeah, I, I am a, 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 I am a, a, I love swear words. Those are my favorite words. Uh, we try to keep it clean here. Uh, I love uh, funny words to me or words that I think are fun to say, like aforementioned. Uh, he, he says halcyon. I love the halcyon days. That's one of my, I love that phrase. Uh, I love that. Uh, words from other languages. Uh, 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 Miracleless was my favorite to say when I took two years to Spanish. Wednesday. I just love this. It's a beautiful word to just roll out and I'm not even saying it correct. Um, I love stuff like that. Uh, um, so I don't have a favorite word that has some great meaning to me. Uh, I am a pretty straightforward dummy. And I, I mean that in the best way possible. Um, uh, it, it was a, my friend Dave, we've had this conversation even years later. Like it, it, it changed me. And I'm not saying the people around me were dumb or everything. It's just, it is a different kind of, it's a, I used to not be allowed to swear as a kid. Jen, I got in trouble for saying a word once. Oh my God. I had a friend who's, who swore in front of uh, my mom and she came running out of the house and kicked them out. I never got to be friends with them again. So the, I, I still didn't swear for a lot until like my mid twenties. And then once the floodgates opened, I love all kinds of swear words, including ones from UK that we don't really say a lot here. Um, I lo- I, 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 but I love it, and <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's where I go. That's what, that's I had to be yeah. honest about that. I, I I'm pretty straightforward. So aforementioned, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, you're uh, I think are uh, unlocking lots of uh, complications of of words. Um, mm-hmm. swe- swearing's fascinating. Swearing for me was I, I, when I was quite young. My parents didn't swear as much, and then eventually became a yeah. This is like uh, getting your driver's license or shaving. You can do it when you're you old enough. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like all right, oh. okay. Um, oh, and then long can. history of of back and forth with swear words and their power and when you use them and when you don't yeah. and all that, that that's yeah. a whole whole other yeah. other question yeah. but ken i'm really i i'm really uh intrigued by the path that you were describing because i think as a kid as i've said before i wasn't immediately good at sports and i was uh had negative experiences where i was told i wasn't going to be good at them i shouldn't be good at them uh and i loved naturally books and comic books my brother taught me to read reading a a electric company magazine, a comic strip with starting the fantastic four. Um, everything was geared very, very early on to reading 
and enjoying reading and like you, Jen, discovering words and using them. And then there were part there were places where that was good and I was congratulated by teachers and uh, you know, writing and sometimes it was my parents, and then some slam into the brink wall using big words as a kid, $10 words. Who do you think you are? I <laughs> never forget a, uh, an yes. early Thanksgiving with my, my larger family who had a, a big mixture of, uh, what I will just generally say is the, the, um, the, I don't agree with these, but this the very social, like educated highbrow versus the, I take pride in lowbrow. And mm-hmm. if you can't say it in two syllables or under, you're wasting everybody's time. Like mm-hmm. my family had some tension between, those groups, the, uh, the Sam Malone's versus the Fraser Cranes yeah. Yeah, 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 of, yeah. of the world. My grandmother had made gravy and it was settling really, really quickly. And there was a skin on top of it. And I remember I'd be like both fascinated and disgusting and saying, uh, Oh no, the, the gravy is coagulating. And it was like a sitcom moment of a screech of hall. Like <laughs> the hell did that kid just say? Oh, and no. it was like, yeah. We don't, we don't, I don't know what that word means, uh, but it was over two syllables and we don't use that kind of language around here, yes, kid. Yes. And being, being laughed at and then also yep. sensing a little bit from some of the relatives, a little bit of like, oh, who do you think you are, nine-year-old? Uh-huh. Saying, <laughs> coagulating. Uh-huh. And I, I have had that throughout my life because yeah. comic books, books, fantasy, I I will never forget learning the word uh, vainglorious from a Teen Titans comic book and then trying to use that in just normal conversation of like, yeah. I don't know about that political candidate. It seems quite vainglorious. And people being like, what is it? Who, who does this yeah. kid thinks he is? Uh, so, Jen, did you ever have any of that tension where you felt like um, loving words and using uh, larger or, or more obscure words was accidentally this tension in, uh, you know, somebody's sort of culture war. Oh yeah. People used to say, oh, you're putting on airs. Uh, you know, it, it, it was just like seen as just being, oh, you're snobby or, oh, you think you're better than everyone. So then I started to like, kind of try and dumb, dumb myself down or just not talk for a long period, mm-hmm. for a long, many years. I just wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I was around really, really smart, educated, wealthier people, then I felt like a dummy and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't win. But you know, my dad told me something that I think is really interesting when I was trying to, to do more like writing and reporting. He's like, you need to say it like tell, you're telling a seventh grader, use seventh grade language. You don't need to use all this flowery, complicated language. He's like, just tell it. You have 15 seconds to tell me that story. And I was like, oh, <laughs> That's a different way to use language. It's actually much more difficult for me to just really um, to to edit it in that way. So I, I don't know. I'm sure that there's a happy medium, but I love language. It's yeah, funny. yeah. I think for 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 me, a part of it is knowing. I don't think there's anything wrong with changing the way you use language based on where or when you're using it. Uh, right. Who you're having a conversation with. I think that I think the division between you know, college educated and people get by with meat and potatoes. I think that's, you know, unnecessary and hurtful, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and and there are people who have no access to education whatsoever and have read every word of George R. R. Martin's books Mm -hmm. and know the most obscure words to describe steak. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's an, to me, an unhelpful, hurtful division. What's more important is what your journalist father was saying of like, who are you communicating with in this particular instance? use direct short words because the message is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're writing a story, 
Mm. And you you a prose story, and you want you want people to feel the words. You don't. Mm. Maybe it's not great to to write. You know, it, it was extremely painful, and uh, you know, and, and people felt the pain clearly. You want to write. It's visceral because mm-hmm. the word in itself has power. And those are, you know, mm-hmm. the, it matters on the context. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken, what, what are your thoughts? No, this is all great that? stuff because it goes into uh, what you're both talking about. I, I think you're right, Joseph. There's this like, uh, what are you, a smarty pants kind of attitude that is uh, uh, part of it that, that that seeks to divide even further. And Jen, I've, I've experienced uh, the other side. I have a certain kind of brain. I hate puzzles, meaning like in video games. This is one of the reasons I don't like the Fallen Order game. Uh, or, or survivor, like I got to do another GD puzzle to get to the door. Just get through the door. Uh, and I was uh, I was uh, playing a a, a, a a tabletop game once with some very smart people. One who worked for NASA, and I couldn't solve a puzzle. And they all snickered at me in front of me. I felt like a real mm. dummy. And they all used fancy words to describe how I couldn't get through that puzzle. But who won the game in the end? Me when I pulled a shotgun on the alien and we uh, rolled 20 and I won. <laughs> and I literally threw my dice down, walked out of the house and said, game over. And I left. I was so pissed off. For, so it goes, the medium you're talking about, Joseph, is, is, is I think correct. It's, it's, it's part of the, uh, you know, who you're around, not, not, not changing who you are, but knowing your audience, know your intentions. And, and I don't swear here on Force Center because that's not our goals here. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I could change and adapt and, and, and I got, I think I, when I, I tell my story, I got, I, I was around great people for 17 years, but, uh, for 17 years, I, I literally would get blank stares if I tried to use not fancy words, but just have different kind of conversations. The example I have is I once I was at the Red Robin bar. We're watching a football. It goes to commercial. There's a talking dog on a commercial, which was by the way, one this weekend too. We haven't changed in 20 years. And I looked up at the, and I was just like, Oh my God, a talking dog commercial. I look at my friend, narcotics detective. And he's going like this <laughs> dogs talking, man. <laughs> and I'm like, but this is that we have to find the medium. And I just chose, I chose to laugh at the talking dog for 17 years. Yeah. And that's the path I went. Mm. Yeah. Uh, one of my other, uh, favorite phenomenons in, in this sort of like language and the way it gets attached to, you know, uh, various culture battles is I, I have some incredibly intelligent friends who encountered words in books and comic books uh, when they're very young and uh, they sometimes mis- mispronounce them. Mm. Because oh, it's on page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on page and they all yeah, like I, I encountered a Halcyon, which I love in a James Bond book. And I thought that it looked cool, but I thought it was Halkion because I was young and dumb and I never heard anybody say it. And then (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. that led to some uh, cultural embarrassment as well. (laughs) Um, But I think for me, ultimately, Uh, what the way I try to use language is I love words because I grew up encountering them in books and comic books. I use them and think about them from a writerly perspective and I, I tried not to be too concerned about what is what is the signifier of who will think that word is too big or too small or who will make fun mm-hmm. of me if I pronounce it slightly differently. And I just try to use the words that I want to use because I enjoy them. And ultimately, the whole point of creating a word is because there's nothing else that means exactly that. Mm-hmm. And I, I have spent so much time in writing finding what is the exact word that I mean to communicate this thing that when I find it, like I was always shaky on the word didactic, but mm. then I kept repeating myself on Force Center to say that George Lucas designed Star Wars to be a morality tale that actually teaches us lessons. That's didactic is meant to teach. Mm-hmm. So mm. like I say didactic 
fairly often because it's convenient. It's a it's one word that word. encapsulizes this idea. So I try my best to just say, what word do I truly want to use to communicate? Yeah, there are some situations other uh, in times where like. If I say didactic, I think uh, I think that's going to cause me some problems. So no, no. <laughs> I'll roll it back. What but if, in general, just try to be myself. What if a talking dog said didactic? I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. Now, is this a is this a mercurial talking dog? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we always like to talk about the the bigger things that are going on within the question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Jared asked us, "Hey, what are our favorite words?" Uh, Ken has aforementioned. Jennifer, what do you have for some favorite words? I'm going to bring it back to Star Wars and I'm because it's like a secret language that we all know. Right. Mm-hmm. So like Wampa, Tauntaun, mm-hmm. Rodian, like, uh, and this is another thing. I'm a Star Wars word nerd because I, I love nice. knowing that you don't capitalize the creatures, Tauntaun, Wampa, right, Poor, right. but you do capitalize this, the alien species like a Rodian or a hut or, you know, uh, Ewoks, which often mm-hmm. causes some confusion. Mm-hmm. I love knowing the planets, Coruscant, how do you spell Tatooine? Two O's, right? One T. How do you spell Alderaan? There's two A's. Like, I love this. It's something, and it's also, I mean, when I was younger, I would spend hours at at the bookstores, like studying this just because it was fun. And then when I started becoming a contributor for StarWars.com, I was like, oh, shoot, I got to know this. I got to know all these, you know, the Star Wars grammar, the Star Wars language. Otherwise, someone's going to write an angry comment or my editor Mm -hmm. will usually catch it. But um, yeah, but yeah, I love, I love the Star Wars words and the different languages that the characters speak. Yeah, no, I mean, the the naming conventions of Star Wars are hugely powerful for what is pleasing to say in what different sounds in, in different cultures evoke a specific thing. I would say one of my favorite words is Vader. Mm. It, um, Darth Vader in particular, but just Vader by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is a trope in science fiction fantasy that, you know, certain sounds are, are villainous, Vs and Xs and Ss and all that. Um, but Vader, I think all of my favorite words are connected by they're fun to say by themselves, but they also have saying them feels like the thing they are. Mm-hmm. I like visceral because it sounds like a word that just cut you and you're bleeding and it's mm-hmm. related to it. I love uh, cathartic because it's a word that yes. comes out as a sigh of it. It's cathartic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can just mm-hmm. breathe it out. And I love Vader for that same reason. Because how many different times has he appeared or he's going to appear and it, his, the name lends itself to being said said with such menace if you start strong with a V and then bam. Mm. It's like the shadow and then he arrives. Vader. Yeah. Mm. I love, I love Vader. Um, last thing I'll say and I'll, I'll kick it back. Uh, there's a, a live version that was played on the radio of uh, Guns N' Roses doing their a Knock on a Heaven's Door cover. Um and Axel Rose is getting the audience to sing along. And I didn't understand what he was saying at the time. He's like, let's make this last one really loud. Let's make it so loud they have to pull the Vaders back. And, I'm, and I was like, that's so cool. What did he say? Eventually got, you know, realized he was saying faders, the <laughs> level <laughs> on on the board yeah. so as to not blow out. But like, but mm-hmm. he's just like, I, he can't be talking about Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's saying, but it sounds so cool. Let's make him have to play the Vaders back. What? Yeah. That's great. So those are a few uh, a few of mine. Um, J- Jennifer, any other favorite words for you that you wanted to share? No. Is it doesn't father yeah. v- doesn't that mean like father in German? Is that in true? In Dutch, Dutch, I believe. Dutch. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Right. But in, that's fun. In, that's fun. Yeah, 
That's why it's, language is fun. It's just it's just great to say. Um, uh-huh. uh, Ken, any other favorite words be- besides aforementioned? Uh, to the kapata body, uh, similar to what you're describing with uh, visceral and cathartic. I love affable because affable just seems like mm. ah, he's he, he's an affable guy. It's, it's, it's a fun word to hang out with, and so is he. Uh, that's what I, I like that one. And then uh, this one, uh, it's I think I think it, it was used in The Simpsons. I think it was Mr. Burns. Uh, and I've known about it before, but I'll, ever since then, it's been a favorite of mine. And that's ragamuffin, just to, you know. Uh, but then you always have to make sure you look up where a lot of those uh, words come from. <laughs> it's sometimes the lesson oh. of the last five to ten years. Yeah. Hey, that way, that yeah. one you're saying. But, yeah, uh, that aside. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, two, two last ones for me. Uh, one of my favorite professors in college uh, who, who taught a comic theory classic theory of comedy that meant a lot to me uh he he was kind of uh riffing on the like you know your people expect you to come out of college with big words so here's my favorite big word memorize it uh and it's crepuscular uh Mm. which means uh uh, anything sort of relating to twilight or of twilight you know so so you you could look at luke and last jedi and say he's in his crepuscular years he is in his twilight um yeah and it's just it's fun when when you take away the baggage of any sort of cultural thing like like jared's talking about to just explore words and have fun with them i i've been doing in the last year uh jennifer what you were describing doing as a kid is actively taking the time to stop when i encounter a, a word i didn't know so when i was young i'd kind of be like i i don't want to stop reading or i feel foolish i don't know this word i'm i'm learning lots of fun words uh the the last one i'll share is i i come across this word uh sinusure it's spelled a c-y-n-o-s-u-r-e and it's a noun for being the center of attention. Whoa. So it would be like, uh, we were all at the party. Then Ken started eating uh, the pizza and became the sinusure because now everybody's looking at Ken while he eats pizza. Substitute shrimp cocktail. And you've got most parties. I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. His, his, his shrimp eating made him the sinusure of the party. Hey, wh- mm. why is all the shrimp gone? Uh, Ken's the sinusure <laughs> of this party. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Well, uh, great conversation. Any final thoughts from either of you about favorite words? No, no, I love it. This is a fun conversation. I think it gets into a lot of serious social <laughs> conversations. But at the end of the day, uh, this was a, a fun conversation. The uh, aforementioned words were great. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nailed yeah. it. Nailed it. Jennifer? I love it. Uh, sorry. In the, in, uh, that's why as an American, I love British culture because I get to learn different you know, meanings for the words that I know, like a lift, obviously, mm-hmm. the telly. I just I love that kind of stuff. It's fun. Yeah. Aluminium. Damn fun to Ooh, say. Damn aluminium. fun to say. Aluminium. That is a roller coaster of a word aluminium. right there. <laughs> All right. We are going to wrap up this episode of Questions of Everything. Ken, you want to let people know where they can find us? I absolutely do. Send all your fancy two-bit words to us over on Twitter at Four Center Pod <laughs> or Threads. Uh, a lot of fancy words used on Twitter these days, right? Uh, Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We are on Instagram as well. YouTube, subscribe over there. Help us continue to grow that. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. And you can support us directly through Set Up Top, patreon.com slash Four Center. Help us reach 400 paid supporters and then unlock a movie commentary. You can follow me at Catnapsock or go to my website, catnapsock.com for more. Jen, we're where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram, YouTube at Jennifer Landa, all lowercase, or TikTok at Jennifer Landa, 1138. And Joseph, wonderful conversation today. Tough one. Elias, great question, but uh, take us mm-hmm. on. 
Yes, yes. A tough, difficult, challenging question, but really fun to discuss, as well as getting to say shrimp a lot mm. in our discussion of words. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. And if you're interested in subscribing to my newsletter, you can find that uh, by going to buttondown.email slash finish your monsters. That is it. We have answered the questions of everything. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.